This is Lance Turner, pastor at Grow Church. We'd like to thank you for joining our podcast. We pray the message today stirs your faith and it causes you to grow. Enjoy the message. You know, I, I, uh, I was here I was here Thursday. I was, we're always here. If you can bring the lights up for me. I was here Thursday, um, and they did a team night. So they got together and fellowship together. But then they came in here and, and, and just spent some time worshiping and praying together. Aren't you glad for a worship team that not only prepares musically, but prepares spiritually? Are you glad for that this morning? Because, listen, they can't offer you something if they don't have it themselves. That'll preach. You can't give somebody something you don't have, folks. And so it did my heart good to, to watch them Thursday night spend time praying, worshiping together, fellowshipping together. Isn't that what it's all about, folks? When I see that, I know the body of Christ is functioning the way it's supposed to. And they're a good reflection of that. So we're, we're in this series called It's Time to Grow. Turn to your neighbor and say, It's Time to Grow. Let's add one more word to it because we're finishing up this message. It's time to grow up. Turn to them and say it. Say it. It's time to grow up. And you can say it to me, Pastor. It's Pastor, it's time to grow up. So last week, we dove into this idea of growing up. We talked about that spiritual growth is, first of all, incarnational. What we just sang about, the grace and mercy of God is where, where spiritual growth starts. Because you can't change yourself, folks. Can I get an amen? Y'all going to help me preach this morning? So you can't change yourself. It takes the Holy Spirit working in your heart to bring about transformation. And that's what Jesus is in the business of doing. He is in the business of transformation. How many of you have experienced that transformation in your heart today? It's the grace of God. So we started there, that, that spiritual growth is incarnational. And we talked about how that's very intentional. You have to be intentional about your own growth. You have to take the responsibility. We said that we can't, we're going to create the environment here at Grow Church for you to grow, but we can't make you grow. So you have to own that responsibility for yourself, and so it's very intentional. And then we said it's incremental. In other words, it comes in, in steps and stages. And so what I want to do is I want to make sure that you understand that here at Grow Church, we are very, very, listen to you, pastor. Look at me. Everybody look at me. We're very intentional about helping you grow spiritually. Every week, you hear it in our announcements, we are, we are here to help people take next steps on their spiritual journey. Amen. And so you heard, you heard Colby earlier. If you've just gotten, come to faith in Christ, you need to get water baptized. Why? Because you know what you're doing? It doesn't save you. It's just symbolic of what God's already done on your heart inside here. And you know what you're telling the world? When you stand in that pool and you get dunked, fully immersed, amen, you're telling the world, I'm a follower of Jesus now. He runs my life. He's the leader of my life now. And so if you've never have done that, you've accepted Christ, you need to get water baptized. But see, that's just, another, that's just one step on the journey. And then we, we talked about how that we're going we're gonna to put things in your hands, resources in your hands to help you grow. And so we have what we call our growth track, which is an opportunity. You heard Colby talk about that. Growth track is an opportunity for you to discover your God-given purpose. How I many you know God has given you a purpose? There's something in you that God is pulling out of you to do a work for his kingdom. Amen. He's all about his kingdom. Y'all get that, right? And so growth track 
We help you discover your spiritual gifts. We help you find a place where you can connect and serve using your gifts for the, to the body. And it's a win-win. You know why? It's a win for you because you're walking in your God-given purpose. It's a win for the church because the church is blessed because of it. It's like that whole thing we said last week where when we lock arms, there's a synergy. You know what the word synergy means? Anybody know what the word synergy means? It's like, I think you used this analogy a few, a few months ago in your message where you got one horse pulling. And you add another horse. It doesn't just double the weight they can pull. No, it's exponential the weight they can pull. And so when we lock arms together as the body of Christ and we say, I've got a God-given purpose, God's given me something to do, and we lock arms, we get way more done together than just one individual. That's the body of Christ. That's the beauty of how Christ... Do y'all realize that Jesus Christ is a genius? Do you believe that? Folks, think, if you'll just sit and ponder the plan of salvation, you'll go, wow. Are you with me this morning? Wait, wait a minute. What, you, mean, you mean the God of heaven, the one who spoke the world into existence, the one who breathed the breath of life into man, is the same God who said, I'll put on human flesh. I'll clothe myself in flesh, and I'll experience life the way you experience it, with temptation without sin. And then I'll go to a cross. I'll bear your sins so you can have a fresh relationship with me. Is that not a beautiful plan? It's better than any plan I've ever seen. And when you, and when you ponder all the other religions, you know, Islam or, or Hindu, you know, what they all, you know what they all are? They're all about you. All about you doing something. Well, I gotta do this, 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 and 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 then, and then maybe. There's not even an assurance. Folks, I'm here to tell you that when you accept Christ as your Savior and you accept His grace, it ain't no, oh, maybe. No, honey, you are in. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in by His grace. Folks, that's what this is all about. And so our church, we want to help you take that journey so you can be fully alive in Him. That you're not wondering whose I am. That's been settled. That was settled the moment you said, Jesus Christ, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe you died. I believe you rose again so that I could have eternal life. Folks, the moment you place your faith in Christ, that part settled. Amen. And so what I'm talking about in this series is that, that next step from that point. So growth track is one of those areas that we help you to create an environment for you to grow. Because we know you grow when you serve. The beauty of serving is you get a chance to be around some people, right? Some pretty cool people. And you grow because they challenge you. And you're sitting out there greeting, you're standing there having conversations, you're challenging each other to grow. Or you're, you're serving in the kids' church, you're, you're challenging each other to grow. When you're serving in nursery, you're challenging each other to grow. Does that make sense? And so spiritual growth uh, is a process that we're talking about in this. Here's another area that we, we this is so, and you see my shirt, right? How many, how many like these shirts? All right, so the beauty of, of what we're doing here is, again, we're, we're creating the environment is that we, we want to make sure it's just beyond this, this moment, this worship service. I love to worship God, don't you? How many love to work, worship in Jesus? And we've experienced His presence today. 
And it's been awesome. But like I said last week, you can't go from moment to moment without a next step. Whenever you have an encounter or a moment with God, He's calling you to a next step. He's calling you to a deeper level of intimacy and, and relationship with Him. He's not expecting you to go from high to high to high to high to high. No. He wants you Monday through Saturday doing something to continue that high, right? Because here's, 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 here's okay, I'm, I'm going to help somebody this morning. So if you're depending on this, then you're in trouble. So why don't, why don't we turn this on its, on its side here and say, you know what? Monday through Saturday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed on God's word. Monday through Saturday, I'm going to get on my knees and worship God. I'm going to pray. And so Sunday becomes a pow, not where I'm having to get filled up. It's just, it's just the icing on the, on the top of the cake there. It's the cherry on top of the Sunday. You follow me this morning. And so if we, we commit ourselves to spiritual growth, Sundays won't be the, the worship team having to do two or three songs before hands are in the air because we're already ready. Amen. Folks, I'm way off. Well, it's okay. I'm just trying to follow the lead in the Holy Spirit this morning. So, so it's, it's very intentional. It's very, we're, all, we're helping people take next steps, and it's very intentional. You know, you, you mentioned, you remember you mentioned this last week? So, did a little more research on orange trees. Now, I forgot to tell you guys this story. Uh, I, my, my, my dad grew up in central Florida. Anybody like Orlando? Mickey's, Mickey's Land? How many of you like to go to Mickey's Land? Not me. I'd rather go to Universal Studios any day. Anybody ever been to Universal? To me, that's fun. Islands of Adventure and Universal, that's fun. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. You get to ride the Spider-Man ride. Anybody rode Spider-Man? Love that ride. The Hulk. Anybody ever rid the Hulk roller coaster? It ain't this, just this. You know how you, on the, usually on the first heel, it's like, tick, 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 tick. no, on the Hulk, it's like, whew. man, you out of there. You shot out of there like a cannon. And so my dad grew up in Orlando. He grew up in that area, right? And so when I was a kid, it was two, year, two times a year. You know, we lived in, we, we've always pretty much lived around the metro Atlanta area. My dad pastored churches. And so we would always take two times a year that trek down to Orlando, Florida. A little town, actually a little town just west of uh, Orlando called Groveland, Florida. Anybody ever heard of Groveland, Florida? We got some Groveland folks. I was born in a town called Leesburg, Florida, but I'm not a Florida fan. You understand, I spent six months in Florida, okay? That's all I needed. I will not, okay, I better not say the Lord may, oh. I will not chomp ever. I'll go, woo, 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 but I will not chomp. And so my dad grew up in this little town called Groveland, Groveland, Groveland. Y'all with me? Groveland, Florida. What do, you, what do you think was growing in Groveland? These suckers right here. And so my grandparents lived right next door to a huge grove of orange trees. Okay? And we talked about the conditions it takes to grow, right? So... I was, I was doing some research, a little more research, and so uh, orange grows best between 55 degrees and 100 degrees. Typically, no extreme other. So if you get to 100, you probably need to go ahead and pick them and get them off the tree. But that's the kind of the range that they're comfortable with. Anything lower than that, especially freezing, they're in trouble. Remember what I said? 
you got to have the right conditions for growth. And so I remember growing up, and the, the, those orange trees were there. And if you've ever had a, a fresh orange off the tree, how many have had a fresh orange off the tree? This sucker right here tastes like compared to one of those. And so we would go pick them. I, don't, you know, I guess we might have been semi-stealing. I don't know. Because it wasn't my, parent, my grandparents' trees. So maybe we were stealing. Lord, forgive me. I didn't mean to steal oranges. <laughs> Falling to grace, right? And so I remember going down there. And, it, you know, it hardly ever gets cold in Florida, right? Normally it's like you go down there in December and it's 85 degrees and you're sweating. But there was a few years uh, when I was growing up that some cold temperatures went, came down into central Florida where they were growing these, where these trees were growing. And they got in the 20s. Well, that's a long way from 55, ain't it? And what happened is those trees, they got too cold. And it killed the fruit. Y'all with me? We're talking about an environment for growth. And so what happened, it happened a couple of times in a short span of time. And so these guys that had these huge groves of trees, orange trees, it wiped them out. They had to go out of business. And you know what? Now, if you go through that area, you go through groves in Florida now, you don't see groves anymore. There's a little town five miles from Groveland called Claremont. Anybody, anybody know where Claremont, Florida is? My brother was born in Claremont. So used to, you, when you go through Gro Claremont, you could sit, you would kind of do like this. The road, Highway 50, does it about a little bit like this. And you could look out and you would see just for miles, you would see groves of orange trees. Now, it's golf courses and subdivisions. What happened? The environment wasn't right. For growth and when the environment's not right for growth bad things happen amen and so folks grow church we are committed to you growing spiritually and we're trying our best to create an environment where you can grow amen we want the conditions right so if you're following me last week we talked about those three things i want to jump into this this one here. Spiritual growth is personal. What do I mean by that? How many of you know God has uniquely gifted you? He has uniquely created you. Here's what Psalm 139 says. The da Psalmist David understood this very clearly. Well, look what he says. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. Why? Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And so when you understand that you're created in the image of God, God has given you the reality of you have a capacity to grow because of your uniqueness. There's a, there's a way that you can learn and grow. Some of you like, maybe some of you are more visual learners. Maybe you, you, you have to have the Bible open in front of you. Some of you can ride down in the car and you can listen to the Word of God and, and capture it because you're more audible. You know what? you got to find out your uniqueness. First of all, you got to appreciate your uniqueness. you got to appreciate the fact that you are created in the image of God and that you have the capacity to grow because you're created in Him. Some of you don't even believe you have that capacity. Why? Because you're wearing the wrong set of lenses. Y'all follow me? 
You're believe, you have believed a lie of the enemy that you can't grow. That my, my, I, you know, I'm, I'm, not that, but I'm not that smart, Pastor Lance. Let me tell you something. With the Holy Spirit on the inside, you have the, the sky's the limit for what you can accomplish. And so you've got to understand that you are created uniquely, Isaiah, for what God's called you to do. And your growth is unique to you. So when we help you discover your spiritual gifts and we help you discover your strengths, all that, all that is is we're trying to say we're going to hone in on that uniqueness of you. You were created, knit together in your mother's womb. You know what God told Jeremiah? What he said while you were still here. I formed you. I put a purpose in you. Folks, how many of you believe that this morning? About yourself. Spiritual growth is unique to you. It's personal, and you've got to own it. Again, like I said last week, you've got to own that responsibility of growing. But you can't do it if you're not thinking right. Believe that about you, that God wants you to grow, and it's uniquely. So we're gonna, we want to help you customize that plan. Your own personal growth plan. Amen? And so here's how it carries over into our next point. So if I've got a personal growth plan that I'm putting together, I realize I'm uniquely created. I have a capacity for growth. Right? God wants to stretch your capacity. And so if I, if I take that and acknowledge that, that I have a capacity for growth, then there's something i got to do about it. Right? That leads me to the next point. Spiritual growth is all about habits. Oh, that's a bad word right now, right? And we have them. How many of you know you have habits? Some of them good. Some of them not so good. So for you to get where you want to go and reach your full potential, your capacity, you're going to have to develop some habits. And I'll dare say this. This was a quote that I found uh, by a guy named Sean Covey. He said, our habit will make us or break us. Look at, listen to this. We become, listen to me folks, listen closely. We become what we repeatedly do. One more time. We become what we repeatedly do. And so here's the reality. God wants you growing, and he's got some habits he wants you to engage in because what he wants to do is he wants you to be conformed to the image of his son. So you become what you do. How do you get there? How do you get to the place where people look at you and say, you know, you're acting like Jesus. You're walking in joy. You're walking in peace. You're walking in patience. How do we get there? You know what we do? we got to dig into God's Word. A habit of God's Word. You know what? We make, again, what I say, we, we want to create the environment, right, where you can grow. We're going to put tools in your hands. Right back there, we got two tables right there, right today. And this is what we call a, a devotional or a journal, the word for today. Folks, if you'll take this and you'll read this and you'll meditate on the word of God, what's going to happen? You're going to grow. You're going to create a habit of taking in the word of God. And here's what I know about God's word. It is powerful. It changes you. It renews your mind. Romans 12 tells us to not be conformed to the world. No, we're not being conformed to the world. We're being conformed to the image of Jesus. And here's how we do it. We renew our minds. How do you renew your mind? You read God's Word. Because here's what it does. It tells me who He is. 
It tells me that he's faithful. It tells me that he's gracious. It tells me that he's merciful. It tells me that he's all-powerful. He tells me that he's a healer. It tells me, you want to keep going? It tells me he's the deliverer. It tells me that he's my savior. Come on, somebody. And so here's, here's this is right here. Now, this is the only thing. This is one resource we have for you. Listen, you can jump on the, the youth. There are so many things. Anybody know what the Version Bible app is? Get on there and, and do one of their plans. I've just started, uh, well, I'm finishing, excuse me, finishing up a one-year plan on Version. You can read the Bible in one year on the Version plan. It's great. If, you, if that's too much for you or too overwhelming for you, there's, there are tons of plans. But what's the challenge? Just that, the old Nike slogan, just do it. Right? Because your habits make or break you. But that's not the only habit you need to, need to have. You need to have a life of prayer where it's a conversation between you. If you go back to week one that I preached about having intimacy with God, you'll know that prayer is a conversation where you and God are having, having a, a conversation and He's speaking to you and you're speaking to Him and you're, you're, you're connecting together. And what happens? You develop a habit of prayer, of being like Jesus. Come on, somebody. Amen. I mean, there's so many more. Fasting. We're in the middle of prayer and fasting. Listen, let me, right here while, while I'm thinking about this, let me stop right here. We're, this is our last week. This is what, is this day uh, four, 15? Day 15 of our prayer and fasting. We've got six more days after today. But su- Saturday morning. Now listen, let me go back. You mentioned it, 6 a.m. I'll be here tomorrow morning. I know it's early, folks. I do. But habits aren't always easy, right? Let me tell you something. It's worth it. It's worth it to get in God's presence. It's worth getting up at 6 a.m. to connect with God in corporate worship. So I'm going to challenge you tomorrow, Wednesday, Friday, come. But on Saturday morning, we're doing a, a healing service, right, in this room. If you need healing in your body for anything, we're going to believe God. We're going to lay hands on you and believe that God is a healer this morning. Oh, I should have got a better response than that. Anybody believe God is a healer today? And so, man, this place ought to be packed with folks who we believe God can touch. It's not us. It's his power in us, right? And so let me put a plug in for that. Saturday morning, 9 a.m. right here, we're going to pray for people to be healed. There's so many other disciplines and, and habits, tithing, sharing your faith. All these are important, important habits that you need to lock into if you, just, if you have a desire to go spiritually. Journaling. You know, I, have, I haven't been really that great at that over the years. But here lately, you know, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm on a journey. God's taking me on this journey. And so I've been, you know, it doesn't have to take long. It doesn't, this long thing, you don't have to do this long thing. Just get you a journal and, and just that day, you know, here's what God said to me or here's how God answered my prayer or here, you know, here's the scripture that I read and here, I've been meditating on it, folks, journaling. And then you can go back and you can look over the, over the past and say, God's been faithful here. He was faithful here. He answered this prayer here. He delivered me here. You, are you following me, folks? So journaling is so important. Let me challenge you. It takes six weeks to do a habit. Some of, I know I've heard people say 21 days, but... I think I'm, I'm more inclined to believe it takes a little longer than that, around 40 days. And I believe if you'll do that, you can develop some great habits. Because what's the, what's the goal? To grow, to be fully alive, to bear fruit. 
So here's, one, here's another one. Spiritual growth is relational. How many of you know you can't grow on your own? Turn to your neighbor and say, you need me and I need you. Come on, tell them. We need each other. The beauty of the body. We need Christian people, Christian friends that we can talk with about the Lord. And you notice we got these shirts on. We're better together when we connect in a group. I'm going to give a little pitch for groups here. Listen, when you get into a group, because here's what I know. Crowds, they're great, but you learn and grow better in circles, in connection with each other than you do in a crowd like this. Because there's an opportunity for intimacy. There's an opportunity for vulnerability. There's an opportunity for accountability. There's an opportunity to challenge each other. Hey, listen, I, I'm praying for you today. You know, you can call each other and say, you know what? I, I just, God led me to pray for you today. If you got somebody in your group that's, that's praying for you, isn't that great? Or you got somebody challenging you to grow spiritually. Or, or to say, listen, how about these habits? So we've, we've, maybe you've made this declaration together. You're going to form a habit. And we're going to hold each other accountable to the habit. That's the beauty of groups. And so you, you can't grow by yourself. Because here's what I believe. I believe as a, a follower of Jesus, you're not only a student of God's word. That's just half, half of it, right? I mean, realize it's just half of it. You're a student of God's word, but you're also a teacher of God's word. Now, I'm not talking about you standing up in front of about 30 people and and giving a lecture. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about one-on-one at, at Starbucks with your Bibles open. I'm talking about bringing people into your house over a meal and sharing the Word of God together. That's what I'm talking about. Folks, we always we get locked into these ideas of how people learn. Listen, Jesus did it better than anybody else. You know what He did? He did not take them to a classroom. He got them together in a small group. Twelve of them. Perfect, perfect, perfect number, perfect number, perfect number. Perfect number. Amen. Come on, say it. Perfect number. Twelve. He got them together in twelve. And what he did, three and a half years, Colby, he spent time talking with them, praying with them, just and encouraging them, holding them accountable. And what happened? What was the outcome, folks? Listen, if you want a formula for spiritual growth, just look at what Jesus did. Folks, he took twelve guys, twelve ragtag people who would maybe... When we talked about earlier, said, God, I don't have a purpose. Yes, you do. He took 12 people, fishermen, cat tax collectors, and he turned the world upside down. That's the power of a group. And the Bible says that the 12 expanded to 72. And he sent them out healing the sick and delivering all kinds of diseases and sharing the good news of the kingdom. And what happened? It went, it multiplied out to 120. And then 120 met in the upper room and the Holy Spirit filled their hearts. And what happened? The, the church went from 120 to 3,000 in one day. You talk about expansion. You talk about growth. It's multiplication and it's God's idea. It's, listen to me, folks. It's not God's idea for us to stay where we are right now as a church. Oh, pastor, you're all about growth. Yeah, I'm all about growth. Yes, I am. And you make, I don't care if you accuse me of numbers or not. I'm here to tell you numbers represent people's lives who are changed. Are you following me? Now, I'm not, I'm not about numbers, so to speak, but I am about people's lives being changed. And when lives, pe people's lives are changed, they can't help but to show up. 
That's what Jesus said. He said, come and see. Come and see what I can do. Come and watch me heal the sick. Come and watch me deliver people. Listen, I'm here to tell you, if we'll make Christ big in this room, they'll show up. So, folks, it's relational. He was in the, Jesus was in the marketplace. He wasn't in a holy huddle. Jesus would have had a Super Bowl party. And listen, I'm here to tell you, we are very strategic around here, right? Come on, somebody. So this last week, we're finishing up our fast, and then Sunday night, we're going to have a party. I'm not, a, listen, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a football fan, right? Anybody football fans? How many plan on watching the Super Bowl? How many plan on watching the Super Bowl? rest of you ain't watching it? Are you kidding me? Okay, let me, let me challenge you. Even if you don't plan on watching it, right? Maybe you can't stand football, but it's an opportunity. Amen? Here's my challenge to you, because I'm going to do it. If, even if you don't like football, invite somebody to your house to watch the game. All right? The fast is over. So call B-dubs. Come on, somebody. Get you some Asian zing wings. Come on. And you can have fun together in a, at a Super Bowl party. And you know what you're doing? You're developing community. You're living life in a circle instead of a row. Y'all with me this morning? I'm going to do it. I'm going to invite some people to my house, and we're going to cheer on the Chiefs. Because the Falcons are sitting at the house watching. Oh, my goodness. So let me tell you something. I, got, I found something else interesting about oranges. So the longer they – wow, I busted that one up. Okay. Uh, so the longer they stay on the vine, the more ripe they get. Six months. And it's more when you take that thing off, it's sweet. But what, what happens once the, it's pulled off the vine? It stops growing. It stops getting sweet. And eventually it may. If, if I left this orange right here on this podium for like six weeks, how many of y'all would want to eat it after six weeks? It would be brown. Ugly, and it would smell bad. Folks, when you're disconnected from the body, what happens? You die. You rot. Folks, you can't do this by yourself. You need the body of Christ to grow. So we need one another. How can you learn how to grow, how to be patient? If you're not around people who are irritable. If it's just you. In your little la-la land, I'm the greatest. I'm the best. But when you're around some folks like me, I might rub you the wrong way every once in a while. And so, well, you know what God's doing when I rub you the wrong way? He's teaching you. He's growing you. Or there might be some people out there, man, they're unlovable. You're like, man, nobody. You know what? God's teaching you how to love, but you have to do it in the context of a group. We, bro we grow by relationship.
Here's, here's the last one. I got, I'm, so, I'm so behind. I may have to do this. Another, good gracious. I may have to take this three weeks. Are y'all tired of it? Okay, so here's the next one. Spiritual growth is behavioral. What do I mean by that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. It's, Barbara, you were all right on target. We were praying this morning in my office, and Barbara said she had a word that she felt like God had just put in her spirit called obedience. I'm going to tell you this. You will not grow past your willing, the level of willingness you are to obey God. You won't grow. Because you can say all day long, I believe what God's word says. I believe it. I believe God heals. And then you don't obey. Or I believe that God, God says I need to give to the body of Christ. I need to tithe. And then you don't do it. Guess what? You don't believe that. Because you're only going to grow to the level of your obedience. Now, I'm not talking about a strict set of rules. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting into legalism. But all I'm saying is God wants you growing, and your, your path to growth is obedience. It's behavioral. So you got to obey your way to growth. I think I'm going to stop there. i got two more, or one more, actually. Y'all want to just finish it up real quick? we got to look. Man, I'm overwhelmed. Okay. Let me just go ahead and get it. Growing is, growing is seasonal. Right? So if I go to an orange tree in April, am I expecting a ripe orange? No, I'm not. If I, go, if I go a little later, maybe November, in the fall, guess what? That's where it starts. The harvest starts in fall. The cool thing is about a tree, an orange tree, it, man, you can get fruit like six months. It's, it's pretty cool how that happens, right? But if I go in the winter, what am I getting? Leaves. It's evergreen, so it's always green, but I'm not getting fruit. And so growth is seasonal, which means you're not always growing visible where you're seeing the fruit, right? There are times in the winter time where the roots are going deep. It may not look like anything's going on. It's cold. Things are dull. I don't feel anything. And God says, no, that's the time where I'm, I'm helping you develop roots. The time when the high is not there, folks. Remember, you know, you, if you've been a Christian long enough, you know the high is not always there. So in the wintertime, when you're not feeling anything, when nothing's happening, you can rest assured God is still working on you. And he's growing deep roots. So that when spring does come around, and then when summer does come around, and then when fall does come around, there's fruit on the tree. You follow me? Folks, you got to get this. That growth happens in spurts. Here's what Genesis said. Chapter 8, it says, As long as the earth remains, there will be springtime and what? Harvest. Cold and heat. Summer and winter. Day and night. Folks, the Bible, that's how it works. God had it set in, in motion from the very beginning of time. There's always going to be a seed time. There's always going to be a time of dormancy. There's always going to be a time where, the, where it grows. And then there's always going to be a harvest. And you've got to understand that, folks. If you're in the middle of a dull season, maybe you, you don't get discouraged. Maybe you don't say, God, where are you? You say, you know what, God, all you're doing is growing me deeper. So when the fruit does come, it's going to be powerful. Come on, somebody. So your growth is seasonal. And you need to understand it and be aware of where God has you right now. 
And don't be discouraged. Find strength in the fact that God's good. Amen. Would y'all stand? Thank you for tuning in to our online broadcast here at Grow Church. We hope that you've heard something today that will strengthen and encourage you throughout the week. Make sure you tune in next week for our next broadcast. God bless.